This is Comms Day Live. I'm Graham Lynch. Welcome to the show. Now, today we, um, we have a sponsored podcast and looking at something a little different. Um, the economist Henry Urgas once said to me that it's a, um, uh, it's a, a bit of an incorrect assumption around society that mining companies uh, are people who just simply dig holes in the ground and ship things out on ships to um, other people, that they're actually some of the most technologically advanced companies in the economy. And that, that is true. A lot of the technology behind what they do is, is definitely underestimated and underrated. And the same can be said in the telecom space of, of um, two big parts of the sector, um, data centers, which of course have been around for a while, and the emerging category of tower companies um, um, in, in the not too uh, distant past towers were operated um, by telcos themselves for their own purposes. And of course, for, for all sorts of reasons in the last few years, they've been spun out as separate companies. Um, and of course, it's, it's always easy to, to look at tower companies and data center companies. They're, they're just pieces of real estate renting out capacity. But it's, as with mining companies, far from the truth. They're very, very innovative, doing some very interesting things. And today we're going to look at an example of a tower company doing something very innovative. Um, Amplitel, which was uh, spun out of Telstra uh, and uh, is headed by John Lipton, who is joining me today. Welcome, John. Yeah, hi, Graham. It's uh, great to be here again. Thanks very much for having me along. Okay, now, um, let's, for those of those listeners who aren't wholly familiar with what's happening with Amplitel, um, tell us about how the company came to be and, and, and about what I would regard as a very impressive array of assets that you have in the market. Yeah, thanks, Graham. So uh, as a reminder, uh, we formed in September 2021, so we're just over two years old. Uh, our ownership is 51% uh, Telstra and then 49% a consortium of investors. And I think for most people, the key point is we do have over 8,000 structures right across the country, uh, spanning every state and territory. We also have a further 600 towers currently under development for our customers and access to uh, around about 5,000 rooftops and 160,000 uh, wooden poles. So that's very briefly our portfolio of assets that our customers have access to uh, through the Amplitel brand. Okay, and tell, tell, us, tell us more about your shareholding. Let's say 51% from Telstra, but you've got a whole array of um, minority investors from the financial sector, uh, superannuation, future fund, you know, there's some pretty impressive names there. But what does that mean in terms of your customer base? Because it means, it, I guess it means you're not just there to perform a service for Telstra. Uh, I'm no, right, absolutely right? You, you, not. You, 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 you're a step removed from them now and you're a business and you've got to make money wherever you can make it. So... Yeah, you've got the different shareholders there. So what, what does that mean in terms of the business model? Yes, yeah, so in terms of our business model, the one of the key things that, that's been a change from uh, when we were a towers business under 100% ownership for, for Telstra is the longer-term investment required across our portfolio to improve access to our infrastructure for all our customers. We often get asked, Graham, uh, does Telstra have any say in who's coming on your towers? No. No, Telstra has no visibility of that whatsoever. Uh, having said that, Telstra are our biggest customers. Uh, uh, so, so, so we obviously um, have, a, have a, a large amount of our revenue coming in from Telstra. But uh, 
no, Telstra has no visibility of who's coming on our towers and we operate independently. But it's that longer term view of the, in, of the investment required to, to, to really create that, um, that access and make it as easy as possible right across our customer, customer base. Hey, now, what, 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 just looking through your marketing material of late and so on and reading your website, you know, you're not, you're not just a company renting space on towers anymore. You, you seem to be going to the higher layer of offering a level of, of, of engineering service um, and, you know, actually helping the customers get their networks up and running as opposed to just providing a platform to put a base station on. So t- tell us about the strategy there and what you're actually offering to your customers? Yeah, thanks for that question. Uh, just as a reminder, we are only the passive part of the, of the network, but we're working towards a more service-based model for our customers that need it. Uh, our key value stream uh, back for our shareholders is that long-term and sustainable growth. So we want to make it as easy as possible for our customers to install their equipment and access our towers. And in this way of working, our customers, what we're seeing from some of our customers is they want to just give us their equipment and make sure that we can install their equipment on our towers so we're navigating all the engineering, all the structural, all the constraints that perhaps they would have had to do when the towers were owned by Telstra. So structural services we offer now, planning approvals, and slowly growing, we're moving into that design and installation of the customer-owned active equipment. So where we want to take that strategy is all our customers need to do is turn on and tune in their equipment. Everything else leading up to that will be a service that we provide our customers. Some of our customers are really keen on that and want to want us to move into that space immediately. Some of the others are trying that with different services. So already we're doing all the engineering services, structural upgrades and capacity assessments for, for nearly all our customers. Some of the other customers we've got have asked us to do more on the passive side of equipment, such as shelters, uh, uh, cable trays, head frames, install that on the tower. Uh, and as I said, we've got strong demand or, or interest from most of our major customers to move into that design and install of that customer-owned active equipment. Okay, now this is this is, seems to be, maybe I'm a little ignorant here, but pretty unusual in world terms. You know, I keep an eye on what the tower companies are doing, particularly in advanced markets like the United States, you mm. know, where, where the business model probably first came to be. And I, I don't see a lot of talk about this kind of thing. So do you, do you feel this is a relatively unique offering in the Australian market? I think it is. Graham, I, I think it is what, what, what we're proposing. I think if you look at it from a customer perspective and the value, that's that's where this comes into it to its own. So if you look in a metro tower, uh, other than maybe providing a single point of contact and making it a bit easier, the value's there, but it's, it, it's not compelling. As you move more and more into regional Australia, if you consider the, the demarcation where Amplitel or an infrastructure company will pour the concrete, set up the tower, have an elevator work platform and do everything, demobilise, and then you've got your customers coming in doing the same thing, mobilising with maybe the same company for an elevator work platform and installing their active equipment maybe days or weeks later, where mobilisation to one of these locations can be quite significant costs as you get further and further into regional Australia. 
there's certainly a case there that says, why doesn't the infrastructure company do that in one hit? But it has to show value back to the, the customer because if we're just adding a margin on what they can do, that's not the point. The point that we're, we're striving for is we can do this faster and at least at the same cost at least at the same cost that if the two bits would do it, to do it separately. Because again, our key strategy is not to make money off the services, it's to have that recurring revenue where we can really get that long-term sustainable growth. Gotcha, okay. Now on a, on a related note, I, I see that Amplitel is also developing digital twins or for people who are unfamiliar with that term, effectively a digital replica of of your tower construct in the physical environment. So what, what does that actually mean in terms of a customer? What's the benefit of you doing that? Yeah, so, so it's two things, Graham. So our network of digital twins really enables our staff, their partners uh, and our customers, of course, uh, to have a very detailed digital view of our towers. And, of course, that view can be accessed on their device at any time, wherever they may be. Uh, just for background, we've now created over 4,000 unique digital twins, and we remain on track to have uh, digitised over 90% of our mobile towers by 2025. So we've already got one of the, the biggest networks of digital twins globally, and that network continues to, to expand. There's probably two key points, though. Um, having a digital twin that replicates what's happening in the real world at a point in time is really useful to our customers that want to self-serve. However, whilst our network of towers don't really change that much uh, day to day or month to month, when one of our customers does make a change, if the twin only replicates what's there at a point in time, it's no longer really a twin because it's out of date. So one of the key changes since we last spoke, Graham, is that we have linked each of our digital twins now to our asset management database. So this linkage allows us to display in real time proposed changes that our customers are planning. So this means that digital twins are always up to date with ads, moves and changes. And that provides a real benefit to our customers so they can understand what's happening at that tower at any point in time and how it could facilitate their equipment. Importantly, what it does for us is we use some AI analytics to identify equipment that's installed on that tower. And this linkage enables us to see what's installed differently to perhaps what we had expected. And there's really three use cases that we're seeing uh, emerge. And that's someone's installed it differently to what was designed, which is really important for us to know as an infrastructure company. Uh, It may not be recorded correctly in our asset management system. That's very, very possible for a number of reasons. Or the third point is that the AI hasn't learnt the details of the equipment correctly and it's just made an error when when it's flagged it as an issue. So in all cases, our team of engineers work through these possible scenarios of differences. So the key point here is our digital twins reflect what's in our databases. And when we do a rescan of our towers, that difference is analysed and worked through at a very, very detailed level. That then enables a very efficient deployment uh, for our customers subsequently accessing that tower. Yeah, heading forward, where do you see uh, Amplitel going in the next couple of years? Yeah, look, thanks, Graham, for that question. I I, I think there's two things. Uh, With a lot of the 
4G upgrades happening at the moment, uh, that's certainly consuming that near to medium term capacity engineering. We've got over 600 sites uh, under development to being built. We're doing a lot with various um, state and local government departments to build more towers in that peri-urban and urban creek areas uh, as, as they're emerging. Our services that we spoke about, those full turnkey services, is uh, we've certainly got a lot of demand from our customers, so we, we need to manage that quite carefully. We, we, we can't hit it all at once. One of the growth areas we are seeing, which has been a little bit uh, surprising for us, is the non-mobile network operators. So this is government departments, mining, agriculture. The demand to put their own equipment on our towers, particularly in remote and regional Australia, has been quite surprising for us. Uh, some of the, the smaller fixed wireless operators, but those, I'll call it non-traditional customers to access our towers, is where we're seeing quite strong demand, a lot more than we had first anticipated, which of course is a good thing for us. Yeah. Okay, well with that, John Lipton, CEO of Amplitel, thank you very much for joining us on Comms Day Live. Thanks very much, Graham. And that's it for Comms Day Live. See you again soon.